Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. Hi, <laughs> Terry. Good morning. Well, How are you doing? We're on. I'm glad. Uh, too blessed to be stressed, too anointed to be disappointed. That's right. And if hope was money, I'd be a billionaire. <laughs> you know, it's a great morning. It's great to have you. Thank I you, know Jesus. that this is a... The welcome to the clinic, as I say. Um, I think we should start with a prayer, absolutely, um, so that we can uh, have a, a great show today and hopefully reach out to a lot of our of our listeners. Why don't we, uh, in the name of Mary, we start this. Uh, in the name of Jesus, we start this with a Hail Mary. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed, blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now. And at the hour of our death, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Well, Terry, how are you doing today? I am blessed, as I said, and I'm honored to be here with you because I asked, you know, I kind of pushed my way in because <laughs> I said, Dr. Sandoval, I'm in ministry seven days a week, and if there's one thing I'm hearing a lot with the COVID-19 is fear, fear, fear. I have husbands, friends of mine, I have the wives, or both parties, have issues with spouses that are just scared to even go out of the house because of COVID-19. They, uh, they, they watch the news. They, they hear about all these things going on, all the deaths, all the people getting sick, and they're frightened. And I just thought if it was possible that I could ask you some questions regarding how to overcome the fear of COVID-19 through, through the, the uh, actions of our faith, but also through the actions of good, sound medical advice to helping people live a more fuller life. Absolutely. You know, these are big questions right now, Terry, this whole uh, coronavirus and COVID-19 and the quarantine. It really has changed our lives. It's changed our style of life. Mm. Um, it's changed how we, how we interact with each other. It's changed how we interact in society. But what we've got to remember in the, in the flux of all this mm -hmm. is that while we think things are changing, God never changes. I love it. God, God is always God. Is you know if we look back in the Gospels or in the in the Old Testament scriptures, you know when when Moses was there and and uh, and he's talking to God and he's saying who are you? God reveals to him as I am, mm -hmm. not I will be, not I was, I am. God is always in the present. So I think in these times of change, a lot of a lot of what we need to think about is what is God still asking for me from me right now? Because God is still working. God hasn't changed. God is still here in the present. How can I come to the present? Wow, you just remind me of St. Teresa of Avila when she said, uh, all things change uh, except God. Is all. In other words, fear not, don't be stressed, basically, a paraphrase of what she said in the 16th century. And uh, they had their own issues in that time. But the point of it is, your, your point is well taken, that God never changes. And I think that that's where we have to have our feet grounded in, not so much uh, what the scientists are even saying or even the media but what does God say to us? Well, God is still in control. And that's, what, that's the one thing we've got to remember. When things are feeling like things are out of control, God is still in control of our lives. 
God still has a plan for us. God knew this was going to come about. And even as St. Teresa said, like you said, you mentioned, she said, this too shall pass. And, you know, things are going to be passing here. We are in uh, in a situation where we are in time. For God, there is no time. God is in eternity. So things for us are expected to change. There's always going to be change. There's going to be natural disasters that occur in this current moment. This isn't the first pandemic that's occurred on earth. So we got to remember these things do happen. What we got to keep in mind is God still has a plan for us. God is still working. And what we got to ask ourselves is, what what do you want of me right now, God? Are you asking me to take this time more of a retreat Mm -hmm. where I slow down? Are you asking all of us to slow down a little bit and focus on you and see uh, what's important in our lives? Put things into perspective. Because a lot of times we're in such a rush that we, we forget to do that. So we can actually look at this as a positive, if you will, in terms of how can I strengthen my relationship with God? Usually I say, oh, I'm such a rush. I got to go to work. I got to pick up the kids. I got to do this, got to do that. And now it's a time of, gosh, maybe I need to slow down and focus on God. That's a great answer. It made me think again. Every time you speak, it reminds me of some of the saints and some of the holy men and women of our church. There's a Jesuit priest in the 17th century. He used to write these letters to cloistered nuns. And the book is called Abandonment to Divine Providence. And the letters are published by Image Book. We have it on CD, actually. And what Pierre de Cassade was doing is something what you're just saying, living in the present moment. And he used to say, God's will is manifested moment by moment as long as we're staying faithful to our duties in our state and life. And that leads me to that next question regarding physically and mentally, what I call action items. You guys probably in your profession, I go action items. You probably say uh, ideas of how to strategies to help overcome issues in your life. What strategies would you give our listeners physically and mentally to overcome the fear of COVID-19? It's a great question, Terry. There's no one right answer, but there are a few suggestions that we can give. Everybody's different and everybody experiences this quarantine differently. Mm-hmm. You know, different expectations. Unfortunately, some people have lost their jobs. Some people have gone through some serious things that we can't deny yeah. can be very uh, distressing and can be uh, very scary for people because what, what's going to happen to me? At the same time, it's a moment to look back and see, well, what opportunities are there? What is opening up? Are there different jobs that have opened up because of this? One of the things that I, that I say mentally is look at the facts. It's very easy to get caught up in the hysteria and a lot of the, the uh, flashing news titles. And, you know, that's changing all the time. But the reality is if you can kind of take a step back, look at the official websites, look at the, look at the sites that tell you what's really going on with, with the illness. That kind of helps because it helps you rationalize physically. I recommend, you know, follow the recommendations. Definitely. Is there a virus out there? Absolutely. Wear a face mask. Keep the social distancing. We're family, I know. So Mm -hmm. we're here together. But, uh, you know, when you're out in in public and you're going going shopping, wear your face mask. Keep your social distance. Absolutely, you want to do that. Do we want to uh, flatten the curve of the spread? Of course. Um, But there's some people who are so paralyzed and so scared that they don't even get out of their house. And I don't think that that's healthy either. It's good to take a walk around the block. It's good to go somewhere. If you want to drive somewhere that's a little bit more desolate, even if it's an empty parking lot, get out, get a little bit of sun on you, get a little bit of of fresh air, um, and that's going to be healthy too. Uh, A lot of times people have uh, relegated themselves to be at home and just sit down and now are very sedentary. So we worry about people not being healthy, gaining weight, because what's open right now? Fast food, you know, all these things, something very quick, and people are afraid to go to the supermarket sometimes. So keep that in mind too. You want to keep your physical health 
health as, as alive as possible. I gave some advice to someone. You can correct me or tell me I got, I'm, on the, I'm some, on the spot here. I mentioned about prayer and exercise together. Sure. And so what I asked them to do was to go for that walk and pray your rosary that's, at the same time. <laughs> that's perfect. That's absolutely right. I mean, it's all active. And this is what I always try to rem- remind people. Of. This is why I say as a doctor, we're, we're body, mind, and spirit all at the same time. Yeah. Sometimes we like to separate it. Like, I got to go work out right now. Now I got to pray. Now I gotta, And it's good. There's a time and place for that. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with, you know, going out for a walk, going for a jog, doing something mm-hmm. active, and pray your rosary at the same time. Yeah. You know, it keeps things going for you. And it, and it really brings peace. And that's what we're looking for, peace. And I know that I've said it on the Terry and Jesse show that, you know, the only peace really we have is in our faith and in our son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And I also uh, mentioned to people, and you can correct me on this too, but, you know, people who have access to going to church and praying even before the Blessed Sacrament, as Archbishop Gomez here in our Archdiocese of L.A. has encouraged people to make visits But I want to ask the question of when people come and they're they're worried about COVID-19 and asking the question regarding God's word, the Bible, reading stories, are there any books of the Bible that might be uh, recommended at this time? Maybe because a lot of people are out of work, they have more time on their hands. Uh, I mean, like, uh, the book of Tobit is a short book that I had sure. been recommending because, <laughs> you know, things yeah. got kind of rough with sure. you know, certain people there. And that it's a short book. I encourage people to read some of the shorter books just to get some biblical stories in their mind so that they can be focusing on, you know, God's word and not so much on themselves. And this is my point is maybe maybe our culture is pushing us always to think of ourselves and. Um, if we kind of look at things that we can do as service or reading the Bible or actually going and out helping our neighbor. Uh, and that doesn't mean going and seeing them. Maybe it means making some phone calls and sure. talking to your, your friends and relatives. Is that a good idea to also help? I think, I think that's a great idea because one of the things that we do is we, it's very easy to get caught up in the negativity. Mm. Um, and so you can look at the book of Tobit. A lot of people like to look at the book of, uh, of Job. Oh, yeah. and, we, and we look at these things <laughs> and we realize, gosh, other people really suffered as well. Exactly. And it's important to remember these things. But at the same time, a lot of things that I recommend to some of my patients is I would say, you know, don't forget to look at um, the different scriptures where they talk about being still before the Lord, oh. where they talk about being in silence where they talk about these things, because in a way, you know, we're kind of being forced. We can say it's a quarantine. We could also look at it as I'm being cloistered. And so just like you were talking about the cloistered nuns and whatnot, what what even drives uh, monks or nuns to go into a cloister? you got to ask yourself, wow, they actually kind of self-quarantined, if you will. But they quarantined from the world. They didn't necessarily quarantine because of an illness. What they did is they cloistered and they said, no, I just want to keep my focus on God. So if we look at some of those, you know, you can look online and just look for stillness in the Bible, look for different verses where it says, be still before the Lord Mm -hmm. and wait for him. Because God is still working in that stillness. He's going to tell you what he needs of you at this time. Well, I'll tell you what great advice. I want everyone to know that this is going to be podcast. So if you have a relative or friend anywhere in the world, they have access to the advice that the good doctor is giving us. There's another concern I have, Dr. Sandoval, that... Uh, regarding uh, possibly watching too much of the news and the media, every night I have a friend who said, my wife has difficulty sleeping because mm-hmm. she's so stressed after watching the 6 o'clock news. 
That's a really good point. You know, we'll talk more a little bit more about that when we come back, but I always give advice and I actually do have a prescription for that. Oh, great. I love it. <laughs> You're here with Dr. Sandoval, Terry Barber, just joining him for this one time. Talk about how to overcome the COVID fear on the, on the Virgin Coast Carpool Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome, Daniel. You're on the line. What's on your mind, brother? Hi, I just wanted to share a testimony about Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I had a buddy at work who, you know, he's a lukewarm Catholic guy, and I wanted him to start listening to the Terry and Jesse show, so I kept telling him to download the app, and he kept putting me off. So one day, I grabbed his phone, and I downloaded the app <laughs> for him. I went on vacation, and you know, I kept telling him to listen to it. He was kind of put me off. I came back from vacation. He comes to my cubicle, and he says to me, Hey, man, I've been listening to Terry and Jesse's show, and it's great. And it's uh, made a big impact in his life. The guy, he's going to weekly adoration a couple times a wow. week. He goes to the Mass in the morning. Mm -hmm. uh, he's an on-fire Catholic, and he promotes the Terry and Jesse show on the Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Daniel, what a testimony, and I want to encourage our listeners to get those cards by going to virginmostpowerfulradio.org and uh, do what Daniel's doing. Go out and spread the faith by inviting people to listen to Virgin Most Powerful. Daniel, thanks for your testimony, brother. God love you. You're welcome. Hebrews 11.3 says, by faith we come to understand. According to St. Augustine, understanding is the reward of faith. Therefore, seek not to understand that you may believe, but believe that you may understand. May God grant us a strong living faith in Him and His divine plan of salvation and help us to believe so that we may understand. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for your support here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Here's an easy way to do it. If you're going to sell or buy a house, call Real Estate for Life, 877-543-3871, because they're going to get you a Christ-centered agent to purchase your home or to sell your home. And at the close of escrow, a portion of his commission goes right back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Call 877-543-3871. Thank you so much for your support. We're back again. All right. Well, we're back. And we were just talking about, gosh, what happens? You mentioned that you had a friend whose yeah. spouse watches the news and yeah. they get really anxious at That's night. Right. and. You know, um, and this is very, very common. I talk to my patients about this and, all the and time. And doc, even to the point of lack of sleep. Sure. They can't sure. even go to sleep because they're so worried yeah. about what they just saw on the six o'clock news. Sure. And so, yeah, absolutely. And so what I usually tell my patients is this is very, very common. You know, if you're feeling like this, if you feel like you need to watch the news but, and you really want to be informed, uh, but then all of a sudden you just get too amped up or you get really anxious, you can't sleep, it's going to be very common. One of the challenges here is we want to be informed, right? Sure. If, if there's a disaster going on, oh, gosh, yeah. if there was an earthquake, I'm going to watch the news and see what's open, what's not open, what do I do? The thing that we got to remember is right now we're in more of a marathon than a sprint. 
So one, take it easy on the news because even though the news is happening, if something major happens, you're going to find out. You know, somebody's going to call you. You're going to be in contact with somebody. Somehow you're going to find out if you need to know something. It is good to be up on the news, but if you notice that it's keeping you from sleeping, it's keeping you from um, doing your daily uh, chores or even, even, you know, paralyzes some people, um, what I recommend is don't watch the news every night necessarily. Read the headlines. It's okay. Read the headlines. See what the headlines are telling Mm -hmm. you. You'll be informed as to what's happening for the day without necessarily getting into the story. Because what we also got to remember is that with the news, the news can be sensationalized, it cannot be sensationalized. And I'm not talking about any you know, news outlet in particular or anything like that. It just depends on what you're, what you're listening, what you're reading to, and what, what the information they're giving you. Some people get very, very uh, into it, and all of a sudden that becomes their identity. I would say take a step back from it, read the headlines, know what's going on, but then realize what's going on around your, your present state. You know, doctor, that's great advice. On Tuesday... Uh, we went to a, a, a protest to pray the rosary. It was a Black Lives Matter protest out in Redlands. And I sure. saw some really wicked things, you know, where they were spitting at the police and sure. using foul language. And it got me very emotionally p- pumped up. So I was praying the rosary the whole time. But when I got home, I shared it with my wife. And it was difficult to get to sleep. But one of the things that uh, a pre- good priest taught me, and it was a very powerful image, I have an image of the Holy Family. Everybody knows oh, sure, with Jesus, sure, sure. not the Holy Jesus with the little children. Oh, and okay. the little kids are on his lap. And everybody's seen that in the garden, right? Everybody knows that picture. Well, I have a, a, a picture that's probably four feet tall by three feet wide of that hanging just to my right of my bed. So before I go to bed, I visualize that Jesus is there with me. And then I ask him if I can jump into his lap. There you go. That's perfect. And it's a, it was an it was a action item that a priest gave me to calm me down because some of you might know I'm a pretty hyper guy. <laughs> you have I, good energy. I do, you have but good at night I have to go through a process of my sure. examination of conscience. I, you know, then, and then I asked uh, if I could jump into Jesus's lap, and that has helped many times for me. And so that's the other thing that I recommend is having a nighttime routine, mm-hmm. because what happens is sometimes you know nowadays everything is 24 hours you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week where I can turn on my computer, my tablet, the TV. There's always something on. Back, I still remember what, back in the day when they used to have the, the, the national anthem and the American flag and, that, and the stations were out. That's right. And there was no TV. Now that doesn't exist. So it, it really is up to us to schedule our time. What I say is right before you're going to go to sleep, actually give yourself a couple hours. Start to relax. Stop reading anything or looking at anything sensational or news-wise. Mm-hmm. Read something holy. That's when you want to start reading your scriptures. That's when you want to start settling into the night. Because you made a very, very good point, Terry. You know, the examination of conscience, mm-hmm. it's not something that's talked about as, as often as it used to be. Mm-hmm. And that I remember growing up before making my first confession, that was something that was very that was taught. Our teacher always told us every night you want to make an examination of conscience. Sure. And we forget that because that's really what, what it's all about. That's that's what we're here for, to really be one with God. Am I living my life even in the midst of a pandemic where I am one with God? You what know, you got there, Terry? Father, I, I, Father, God, Dr. <laughs> Louis Sandoval here, Terry Barber, every time he says something, it makes me think of the saints. Hmm. Because St. Thomas Aquinas talked about the effects of living in the presence of God. I'm taking this from my book, How to Share Your Faith with Anyone. <laughs> I have to it's be honest. It's a, good book. It's, a sh- it's a simple book. But living in the presence of God has several beneficial effects. And that's what we're talking about before we go to bed. Live in the presence of God during the day. It preserves us from sin. Why? Because we want to 
be in union with God. Number two, it increases our faith. One of the recommendations I ask everybody to do every day is ask Jesus Christ for more faith. Sure. If you don't ask, you don't get. And at this time of COVID-19, we need strong faith. That's right. Number three, it strengthens our hope. And boy, do we need hope today. And our hope is not in the government. It's not in, you know, uh, individuals. It's in Jesus Christ. Number four, it perfects our love. And I love what Bishop Sheen used to say. If one loves, everything is easy. If one doesn't, everything is hard. That's right. Last thing it does, it brings us closer to our guardian angel. Dr. Sandoval, is there a connection in, in, in having devotion to your guardian angel in helping us overcome the COVID-19? Absolutely. I mean, there, the, you, when you want to think about it this way, you know, you, our guardian angel was assigned to us. Mm. It's not God. God knew exactly. Uh, if you look at St. Thomas Aquinas and you study, study the angels, yes. you start to realize we, we just talk about the angels as a whole. But St. Thomas Aquinas says that each angel actually is its own species. Amen. So it's not just, you know, the angels as a population. It's each angel. Remember, they're messengers of God and God created each of them individually so that they're actually very distinct from each other. If God assigned us an angel... That is your angel. Nobody, he's, he's not going to assign it to anybody. That angel can't all of a sudden transfer to somebody else because God said, no, this is for you. So whenever we stop feeling special or we think God forgot about us, it's great to remember, no, he sent me an angel. He sent me a guardian. He's, got, he, he's my bodyguard. You know, he's my soul guard, actually. And God assigned him to me particularly. If we pray to our angel, we ask him to help us. That's what he's there for. That's actually his job. Awesome. Well said. And if people want that prayer I'm happy to give it to you. It's, O angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here, forever this day be at my side to light, to guard, to rule and guide. Check this out. Many people don't pray this part, but from sinful stain, O keep me free, and in death's hour my helper be. And why do I say this prayer? Say it during the day and realize that you're not alone facing the challenges that we all face not just COVID-19, but any other challenges. Your guardian angel's job is to get you to heaven. And that's why I think it's so important. You mentioned something very important right there, to realize that you're not alone. Mm. That's the biggest fear that I notice my patients have because mm. right now everybody feels alone. Mm. That's one, of the, that's one of the problems. You know, when you isolate, when you have to quarantine, even if you're with your immediate family, we forget that we are actually social, social creatures. God made us as social creatures. We have to have that human interaction. It's not, a, it's not a question of if or not. It's more a question of we have to have that. We're not alone. If we remember that we have our guardian angel, that's a big help. That's going to be a big consolation for those moments where we think that we are alone, but in reality, God is there. It seems to me also that making phone calls to your friends that you know are positive people. Mm -hmm. I, I have to say this, and this is not just how it is. I give my phone number out on the radio, and so I get lots of phone calls. And Dr. Sandoval, you'd be surprised how many people call me. I'll give you a, a good example of how important, when we come back from the break, I'll give you an example how important it is to have dialogue with your friends and family and interaction. That's perfect. That's great. More about that when we come back. Listening to Virgin Most Powerful Radio.
This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And here's an easy way to support us by going to smile.amazon.com and type in Catholic Resource Center or Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And when you log in your Amazon account and you purchase products, a portion of it will go right back in supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And it doesn't cost you a dime. I want to thank you ahead of time because that supports us year-round. May God bless you and your family. Hi, this is Jesse Romero from the Terry and Jesse Show, also from Jesus 911. Let's face it, we all need to use the Internet, but we need screen accountability. Why? Pornography is a huge problem, especially on the Internet. And every time we tap into the Internet, we get bombarded with images and temptations that degrade our humanity. So we need Covenant Eye to block these pornographic sites and advertisements from infiltrating our lives. Covenant Eyes helps us take custody of our eyes and custody of our intellect. So I recommend you go to CovenantEyes.com and type in the promo code BMPR to support the network. Protect yourself and your family from the eminent threats on the internet. www.CovenantEyes.com Code VMPR Live Porn Free. Thank you for listening to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Thank you. God bless you. Keep the faith. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for your support here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Here's an easy way to do it if you're going to sell or buy a house, call Real Estate for Life, 877 543 3871 because they're going to get you a Christ-centered agent to purchase your home or to sell your home. And at the close of escrow, a portion of his commission goes right back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Call 877-543-3871. Thank you so much for your support. Welcome back to the show. Terry, you were sharing a story. I was, I was. I was telling you a story how important it is to make phone calls to people who support your faith and your life, who build you up. And one of our listeners called me at about 9.15 in the evening after we had prayed our rosary with my wife. And um, he was a young man that uh, listens to our show. And um, he said to me, Mr. Barber, my mom is out of town, and she always prays with me before I go to bed. Um, would you please pray with me? Mm-hmm. And my mm-hmm. wife and I put him on the speakerphone, and we prayed some more. And our Father, Hail Mary, examination of God. I just prayed like I did with my sure. kids when they were young. That's wonderful. And he went right, and he said, oh, thank you very much. And, and uh, you know, he went to bed. Here's my question to you. When you call your friends or relatives to talk a little bit about you know, life and, you know, trying to build them up in the faith. Uh, what do we do when sometimes we have friends or relatives that are pulling you down? How how can you, you know, get away from that situation? And, and how important it is for you to make these phone calls to keep your 
mental and spiritual absolutely health? great great questions you know the, the importance of the phone calls goes without saying i mean just like you you mentioned that the listener who reaches out to you and whatnot sometimes we can be a father figure a brother figure a mother figure a sister figure we can be a friend we can be somebody else mm-hmm. on this planet who we make a connection with yeah. um to somebody else and, and other people are that for us so reaching out is very very important especially right now yeah. if we are in the midst of a quarantine if we do feel like we're uh, uh, isolated. That's very important. The other thing that I tell my patients, though, is be cautious of who you're sharing information with because mm-hmm. a lot of times uh, we want to share our joys and we want to share our sorrows, but who are we sharing that with? Is this person that I'm sharing it with truly having my best interests at heart or do they get jealous? Or are, do they, do they, are they happy about my successes or do they bring me down about it or make me feel bad about it? If I am feeling down and I want to share my sorrows, is this somebody who's going to help me see the positivity in me or are they going to bring me down even further? So these are very, very important things to, to think about and, and, to, and to rationalize because I ultimately just want to get closer to God. Yeah. That's the bottom line. And if something's going to make me bitter or upset or it's bringing me down, I really want to separate myself from that situation as much as possible. You know, and you made a good point. We were talking about, uh, uh, you know, sales and whatnot and, and, <laughs> and how to really interact with people. Yeah. And sometimes you can just say, gosh, you know, let me call you back. Or this isn't a good time. Something came up. It's not that you want to lie to the person. No. But you do want to take care of your emotions. Yeah. You have to be cautious of that. Yeah, I just say, is it okay if I gave you a call back at another time? I've got to run now. And they yeah. all say, yes, of course. Absolutely. Oh, and you, you can lead that toxic, if it's a toxic conversation. Absolutely, yes. I give that advice all the time. I have also one other comment about uh, having an attitude of gratitude. I always say that's sure, welcome that, that's just great. about everywhere. <laughs> and the question is about your offering, your morning offering. For most of us who are listening, we're Catholic. And we offer our day to our Lord through our Blessed Mother. And I just think that that would be a really good thing because then all of your actions that you're doing, you're offering to God. And then even picking up this pen or picking up a bottle of water, you're doing it for love of God. And so every action becomes like a blank check if you put Jesus' name on it. And I think that that gives you this intense understanding that you're living with God and so that when challenges come up, you give it to him. Absolutely. That reminds me of the little flower, you know, the little way, which is actually a very big way. Yeah. You know, when you think about it, sometimes we wonder, why was I born here? You know, if I were, if I were in, in a more desolate place, I could sacrifice more or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But God knew what he was doing. God knew why we were wow. here. And every little action we do is going to matter. Great. Absolutely. And in the last thing, I just want to recommend a couple <laughs> good books. We talked about reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. I'm a big promoter of the imitation of Christ and a also the book. Devo- introduction of devout life by St. Francis de Sales. Very those good. are you know, a couple, I have many more, but I, de- I just want to see if you can get those online, you could read those. It will help your interior life because what comes out interiorly comes out the outside also. That's right. Now, I have some uh, questions regarding COVID-19 that you hear about, you know, that there's millions of people, I think it's 4 million people have actually gotten. That's the, right. Is that correct? That's 4 correct. 4, oh, 4 and, and so um, out of the 4 million people, who have received, I mean, I've got relatives and friends that have, um, you know, for, thanks be God, no one died. But uh, I know there are people who die from this. But at what percentage of the people who get the COVID-19 actually lose their life? And what 
kind of medical needs? Is it like um, obesity? Is it heart disease that also affects it? So good question. So definitely if you have what we call comorbidities, uh, whether you have diabetes or high blood pressure or high cholesterol, obesity, things of that nature, you're going to be more vulnerable just like you would with anything else. You know, this is a respiratory issue um, and you want to make sure that you're as healthy as possible. So a lot of of what we see happening is a lot of people are afraid to go to their doctors now and they forget to go get that treatment because they say, I don't want to, you know, risk getting COVID. But I say, call your doctor, see what different clinics are doing. I know some clinics are doing remote uh, phone call type yeah. visits where they can, you know, check check on you. There's a, with modern technology, we're doing video visits. So there's no shortage of ways of getting to your doctor. So you want to make sure that whatever medical ailments you had even from before is being taken care of. The other thing to notice is since we talked earlier about the news and how there's a whole lot of information on the news, sometimes people get this perception that, gosh, everybody has it now at this point and everybody's dying from it. But we really want to be aware that in the United States right now, we've seen about 4 million cases or so. You know, when you ask people, there was a study done and we asked people in different countries um, and in the United States, like, what do you think, how many people do you really think have it? How many people do you think are dying from it? And the study that came out, you can look on the CDC website. Um, their answer was the Americans thought in America, we thought about 20% of the people have had it. And the reality is it's really 1% mm-hmm. of the population has had it. And then they asked, well, how many people do you think are dying from it? And they said about 9, 10, 10% of people are dying from it. And the reality is about 0. 0. 0.04%. Yeah. So that's why I say, you know, go in and look at the numbers, go in and look at what's happening. I mean, these these numbers are from maybe a couple of weeks ago, a week ago. But just be uh, be uh, factual about it because it's easy to, to yeah. extrapolate, to imagine. But the reality is look at the real numbers because they're probably not as bad right now as most people think. Dr. Sandoval, I've read that the suicide rate has just skyrocketed in, a, in America because of the COVID-19 and in, in uh, one report I, re- I read that more people are dying from suicide than uh, COVID-19. This was at LifeSite News. I was like, what? I, I call it collateral damage. Is really uh, what you talked about, the doctors, people not going to see their doctors. Is there a lot of collateral damage where people are even getting sick or not because of COVID-19 in the sense of the virus, but because they're afraid to go see the doctor or uh, they just stopped exercising and uh, eating properly, and that's also affecting their health poorly. This is true. I mean, what we, we want to look at not only the COVID-19 numbers, but we want to look at as a whole, you know, we're, we're not done having diseases. We're not done being people. We're not done needing treatment. Mm-hmm. And we haven't even seen the entire aftermath of it. So you're going to see different reports. Some reports are going to say more people are dying from this or that. Yes, yeah, some people, we, we are seeing more comorbidities. We are seeing uh, when people don't get... Uh, medical care. They start getting sicker. As far as suicide rates, there have been different studies that have been showing that suicide rates are increasing, especially in, uh, we're worried about adolescent populations and people feeling isolated. So we got to remember that life is still happening, you yeah. know, and it's not all COVID, you know, it's not all COVID all the time, even though it feels that way sometimes. That's the, the what's happening at the forefront. But if you are sick, if you are normally getting treatment, you want to make sure to get that because that's still happening and more people are going to be dying from that if they're not getting that taken care of. Thank you for pointing that out. Now, I also understand there's a big question about going back to school in the fall. Right. All over the country. I saw right. uh, recommend Raymond Arroyo's show from uh, the, the uh, last show of the month of August, Thursday. I think it was the 29th. He had a, a doctor on who is a specialist in the viruses issues, and he is recommending that we actually bring the kids, at least from 12 and under, 
to right. get back to school, his comment is the virus really <clears throat> doesn't affect young people <clears throat> nearly as strong, obviously, as the elderly. Right. And then um, I wanted to understand your take on the issue of bringing the kids back to school. You know, it's a great <laughs> question. Um, and ultimately, we're not going to know until we actually do it. I think that one thing that we do have to look at is um, that, yeah, how is it affecting the kids? It's not affecting them as much. Is it safe to bring them to school? I think that um, bringing them to school will be, uh, it's important on different levels. You know, one, socially speaking, yes. obviously. Um, kids need to socialize. You know, they, they, need, they need to get out there. The other thing is, as parents are still working, are they going to be the best teachers for their for their kids, you know, especially at those ages? Yes. I think it's smarter if, you know, if you want to say, well, at the high school age, keep them home or, or something along the, you know, college age, mm -hmm. where they're much more independent and able yeah. to do their studies, that's fine. But as far as being worried about the younger kids, um, I think it's, we've got to look at the studies. I know that even people like Bill Gates, who's out there and talking about vaccines, mm -hmm. is saying they should go back to school. Yeah. The CDC is recommended. There's lots of recommendations yeah. that show that go, having the younger kids going back to school might be a very positive thing. And then the other question I have regarding action items, I'll get back to you know the, the way we can help families overcome the fear of COVID-19 <clears throat> is um, we talked about the spiritual side. But on the mental health side, um, what action, I might call them action items, you guys probably call them, um, you know, tools of what we can put in our tool chest to have, again, to overcome uh, just fear in general that when we wake up, we're, we're fearful of what the day is going to bring. What can you, what advice can you give an individual to overcome uh, just general fear in life? That's a great question. You know, I have, you know, multiple points on that that we usually recommend. Um, obviously, I say talk to your therapist if you're already seeing a therapist. If you're not and you feel like you need to talk to somebody who's not a family member, you know, call your local uh, uh, clinic and see what kind of therapy options they offer. Sometimes it's nice to talk to a third party, uh, somebody who you can just share your thoughts with. So remembering to reach out and that there's somebody there. If you do get to the point where you feel like you're going to end your life or something, there is a national suicide hotline that you can look up and that number is everywhere. Um, you can always call 911 and get to the hospital if you feel like you're in that level of danger. Yeah. Um, if you are already taking medications for mental health, uh, continue doing that and be in touch with your psychiatrist or with your primary care doctor, whoever's prescribing this for you. Because you mentioned, you know, waking up with that fear, waking up with what's going to happen. That's very, very uh, uh, intense and it can paralyze us. So when we're paralyzed, we want to take action, even if it's little steps to make sure that we reach out and that we're in, and we're in contact with people. Um, so the, it also brings me to a story. It reminds me of a, of a story that uh, uh, of a patient I saw one time. I sure. was in the inpatient unit, and this patient came in, and he had overdosed on drugs. He had overdosed mm -hmm. on opiates, and he was treated in the emergency department, and he came into the psychiatric ward. Um, and I happened to be the doctor on, and, mm -hmm. and I was treating him, and he came in, and they had already helped him a little bit with the antidote for the opiates. Well, while he was there, one of the nurses comes to me as I was at the nurse station and, and the doctor station, and she says, hey, he's, he's not breathing anymore. What's going on? He's, he's starting to go back down. So I went over to go look at him, and, and sure enough, the level of opiates he had taken was much greater than the level of antidote that they'd given him. Mm -hmm. So I gave him some more, and I told him, you know, I'm going to give you this medication. It's going to help you breathe. You're not going to feel good. But you're gonna, it's going to take the opiates out mm -hmm. of the system. It actually puts him into withdrawal. But he was able to breathe, and he came back. And, Good. And uh, so he comes to me afterwards, and he says, God, Doc, you saved my life. 
And I thought about that because a lot of times we say that to doctors, you know, you saved my life. And mm -hmm. I told him, you know, I didn't save your life. Only Jesus saves your life. Amen. I gave you more time to decide what you want to do with your life while you're here awesome. on earth until you get to meet God and until we get to that point where we are at the, you know, before the throne of God. Right. So one of the things that I remind people is when they're anxious is remember, this is our time. This is our time to get closer to God, regardless of what's happening around us. You know, mm -hmm. 10,000 fall on my right, you know, mm -hmm. however many fall on my, <laughs> on my left, but yet I still walk in towards God. Great point. Question. A lot of us are listening and saying, well, I need a therapist. I realize a therapist would help me, but I've tried some therapists who have like a secular approach to sure. therapy and they leave God out of the picture. So my question is, what questions would you ask a therapist if you were shopping, so to speak, sure, sure, for sure, a therapist? Sure. What are you looking for? Are you looking for someone who has an understanding of original sin and believes, you know, in God? Or what did, give, give me the, so that people could say, okay, I'm going to write these questions down that would help me find a good therapist today. Sure. No, I mean, that's great. I mean, one thing to remember is that God can speak to us through anybody. Amen. So even if you, we say, oh, this is a secular therapist or they're not going to talk to me about my faith, I wouldn't lose heart mm -hmm. because sometimes just whatever they say to us in that moment, it might be God speaking sure. to us. So that's one important thing to remember. Um, but if you really do want to be able to talk about your faith specifically and bring that up, I would ask, you know, is the therapist comfortable with addressing spirituality? Like a faith-based? A faith-based spirituality. They don't necessarily have to be Catholic. If you Got find it. somebody who's Catholic, that's great. Got it. Um, but, you know, sometimes even some Catholic therapists aren't comfortable in their own faith. So we got to remember that as well, uh, because a lot of times we'll say, oh, this person is Catholic, and so that's great. Well, yeah, but where are they in their spiritual journey, and are they going to give you good advice? So what I usually recommend is find a therapist who you connect with, who you think has your best interests at heart, and God will speak to you through them. If you are able to find a therapist who does have some faith-based uh, approaches to therapy and to counseling, I think that's great. But make sure that they are also in tune with your level of spirituality. You know, are they going to tell you to follow the path that you feel is correct, that follows the catechism, or do they have their own ideas? These are important things to ask. Got it. Now then, my next question is kind of a uh, action item, a question about the day. We kind of talked about it earlier in the show, but what would a, a good day look like uh, through for an individual who's trying to live in the presence of God, trying to have an attitude of gratitude, uh, if they had like a checklist of things to do, like for example, I'll just give you one. When they wake up, what what's the what's the best thing? What's what should they be doing to stay focused in being positive? So give you know, us a that's a great question. You know, one of the, one of the issues with checklists is that sometimes we can never get to all the items, and then we feel really bad about <laughs> ourselves right. and feel like, oh man, I only did one thing or two things. And I always tell people, that's okay, make your checklist. If you got to one thing on that checklist, you've already won. Mm -hmm. But the real checklist would come down to, as we are talking about spirituality, everything that I checked off on my list when I did these things, did I do it with gratitude? Mm -hmm. Did I do it? What approach did I have? What mm -hmm. spiritual approach did I have as I washed the dishes, mm -hmm. as I you know, uh, watched TV with my kids, as I read a book? Was I doing it lovingly? Was I not doing it? That's really our checklist right there because that's our checklist every day no matter what's happening, whether it be that there's a pandemic going on or that everything's okay. How did I live this day? Did I live it in love or not? Fantastic. Now, I get people who call me, and I'm not a therapist. When I come back from the break, I'm going to ask you this question about panic attacks. Sure, absolutely. We Great get question. those. Yeah, how do we handle yeah. those? Great question. All right. <laughs> we'll be back again. I'm just stepping in here with... Dr. Sandoval asking some questions I hope you're looking to ask regarding how to overcome the COVID-19 
with the Attitude of Gratitude. We'll be right back. We got Ernesto from Long Beach. You know, I just wanted to comment, you know, and I just wanted to thank you guys. And I kind of wanted to encourage people that are listening, maybe that are not donating, you know, because honestly, I got to be honest. I used to think you guys were a little too over the top, you know, (laughs) you know, yeah, that's right. If God gave us a lot, you know, and I'm, I have the blessing of listening to all this. I just want to call all the people, you know, I got five kids, you know, and I don't make a lot of money and I'm still donating to you guys. God bless you, brother. You're amazing. We gotta, we have to do this. We have to do the extra. And it's not even the extra. People see it like it's extra. Kneeling for communion, saying your rosary, saying the divine mercy chaplet. It is not extra. It's what the church tells us to do. Amen. You're a good man, brother. 30 years old, 29 years old, five kids, and I thank you guys. So everybody else, man, get on fire. Fight for the truth, man. I know what I'm telling you guys. There's I no love it. out there. In Luke 7, Jesus said, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven her because she has been shown great love. According to St. John of the Cross, Christians should always remember that the value of their good works is not based on number and excellence. Their value is based on the love for God that prompts them to do the works. May we always be motivated by true love for God and not worry so much about what we do, but why we do it. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for your support here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Here's an easy way to do it. If you're going to sell or buy a house, call Real Estate for Life, 877-543-3871, because they're going to get you a Christ-centered agent to purchase your home or to sell your home. And at the close of escrow, a portion of his commission goes right back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Call 877-543-3871. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, well, welcome back. Terry, you, before our break, you asked me a very important question. And you yes. said, you know, what's going on with panic attacks? Yes. So what was your question? What, what, yeah, what did you see? My question is, sometimes it's a panic attack where people and have had like either muscle spasms. I've actually had that many times where I just have to lay down and stretch out. I'm in church and I get yeah, my sure, muscles and sure, sure, sure. I just got like, ouch. And I, I, I wonder physically what's going on. And also, uh, you know, how can we help with that? And also with mental uh, breakdowns where you just get stressed so much that you're shaking and, you know, you're sweating. And Absolutely. What's that all about? No, I'm glad you brought that up and made that distinction because we do have to make the distinction between anxiety and acute stress situation mm-hmm. and a panic attack. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we can go through acute stress situations where we find ourselves in a moment and we get really stressed because something's happening. Almost kind of like, uh, you know, you show up to, to class and you're a kid and there's a pop quiz. And <laughs> oh, so all of a sudden no. there's a pop quiz you didn't Freeze. study for, you haven't been paying attention. And what happens there? Is that a panic attack? No, you have a moment of acute stress. It's not necessarily a panic attack. You're just kind of worried like, oh my 
my gosh, what am I going to do? What's going to happen here? <laughs> um, and, and then and that you, moment passes and, yeah. and the stress goes away, but it was very specific to one thing. Yeah. A panic attack is a little bit different. So a panic attack uh, happens, it can happen out of the blue. And what happens, it's a very, very intense situation where the person actually feels like they're almost going to die. And you have both an emotional reaction and a physiological reaction. That's what's really hard about panic attacks. Anybody who's truly had a panic attack is deathly afraid of having another one because what happens is the body starts to react. Mm -hmm. You start getting increased heart rate. You start sweating. You start having your your nervous system starts to tense up. You could end up with muscle spasms. Um, You could end up with chest pain. It feels like you're going to die. And a lot of people, while they're having a panic attack, feel like they're going to die, so they go to the emergency department. They get all, you know, they get their EKG done. They get all the studies done. They do all the blood test and there's nothing wrong and the doctor comes back and says no you know there's nothing wrong with you and you say well you must be a terrible doctor because well, let me tell you i was i'm about to die here but the reality is that's how a panic attack feels and so i don't want to underestimate it and sometimes people around them will say you're overreacting because there's nothing happening and look at how you're reacting we ended up in the hospital in the emergency department the person's actually not overreacting that's what the body's doing that's yes. what the mind's doing so you bring up a good question well, well if this is happening what do i do how absolutely can, how can what, I what can i do down? One of them, believe it or not, is just give it time. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard because a panic attack, if it lasts five minutes, it felt like five hours. The the level of intensity there for the person that they're going through it is just huge. The fear is, is intense. So it feels like it's lasting forever. The first thing you want to do is try to calm yourself down as much as possible. See if you can separate yourself into a quieter space. Uh, from that situation, try to control your breathing yes. and try to rationalize for yourself really what is happening. And, and, you know, I know I feel like I'm going to die, but is there, am, is there any immediate danger around me? Um, if you do take medication, if you already have anxiety or depression or something on those lines, take your medication because that helps to, uh, it might not necessarily get rid of all the panic attacks if you suffer from panic attacks, mm-hmm. but it'll make them fewer and far between. Mm-hmm. So then it helps to decrease the intensity as well. So that's one thing. Sometimes we also prescribe as needed medication on top sure. of the regular medication. So go ahead and take that and that sure. can help to alleviate those symptoms in that moment. Um, but one of the important things is while you're there, I mentioned trying to rationalize the moment. That's probably going to be the strongest thing to get you out of it. Try to look at the situation and say, am I really in danger or not? I realize I feel this way. I never tell somebody not to go to the doctor or to the emergency department because they might need that. But at the same time, give it a little bit of time, which is pretty hard to do, but that's what's going to take care of it. Great advice. And I, I think in this time of COVID-19, uh, in your practice, have you seen an increase of people with not just panic attacks, but just stress going through the roof? And um, uh, can I get some more action items for people to be able to deal with just the stress of seeing the uh, individuals that they love or friends or, you know, that are having sickness coming about? And, and also the last thing I, that I would like you to ad- address, and that is, uh, the stress of a loss of a loved one. That is sure. really something that, I mean, we have funerals here all the time at our Sacred Heart Chapel, and I'll just give you a, a brief one. Last sure. night, a little five-year-old boy came up to his grandma's casket mm-hmm. and said, is my grandma really dead? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a strong question. How do you answer that? Well, that was t- difficult. The mortuary guy was like, what? And I jumped in, and I and I said, yes. You know, I said, she died, and that... We were born, and then eventually we die. And then I explained, you know, a little bit to a five-year-old as much as I could that God loves all of us, sure. and that He's going to ask, "How did we live our life? And did your sure. grandma love you?" And you know, I just basically 
but he 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 just took it on in. He just was hard, had a hard time processing it. Now that's a five year old. I still want to ask you as a therapist, how do we deal with a loved one that might have died tragically or even just of old age? How do we overcome uh, the stress of something like that? And I mean, do we just, in other words, how do we process the death of a loved one? No, absolutely. You know, it, it's hard enough to process the death of a loved one when we're not in quarantine right. times. And now that sometimes we can't even go visit them, we can't reach out exactly. to them, we can't be there for them. Sometimes we can't, we're not allowed to go to the funerals or we're not allowed to do so many things. We're right. restricted in many ways. Um, everybody's going to process it in their own way. But this is the way I would say to process it. If it's already happened, yes. definitely talk to a therapist. Talk to somebody who you feel comfortable with. Let them know if you're feeling guilty, if you're feeling like you wish you could have done more, if you're feeling like you didn't do enough. You know, these things happen to us as we're grieving. It's just a very normal process oh, yeah. of grieving. Right now, it's even harder because we're limited. I wish I could have, you know, or I should have, or I would have. So that's one thing to consider is that, you are limited right now. I wouldn't right. want you to beat yourself up too much or think, oh, I should have done all these things. What could I have done in my power? At the same time, it's a good reflection because you know people are, are, are still getting sick. We're still going through life. Um, and whether it be that we pass away because somebody got an infection or we pass away, unfortunately, because of a tragic accident, sure. um, these things are still going to happen. This is also a good time to reflect and think about, well, gosh, if somebody could pass away, what, what can I do now that I'm not going to worry about later? What, right now I'm alive, they're alive. What am I going to wish I would have done if, if they pass away? You know, these are things to consider because it's not morbid to think about death. No. You know, if we look at the great saints and we, we know the term memento mori, which means that I have death in mind and I have to ask myself, you know, I have to face the reality that one day I'm going to die. And I'll tell you something, something that I see in the hospital tell a lot me. is when people are passing away. I've yes. been there in the ICUs yeah. and the different units, you know, the family members come around and they have their own agendas, but unfortunately your, your loved one is dying. I've never heard anybody who's passing away say, I wish I would have worked more, or I wish I would have you know, made more money. They, they, at the moment of death, it's, it's such a sacred time yeah. where it seems like when people are dying, they want to tell their loved ones that they love them. Yeah. It seems like that's the last thing. Tell them that I love them. Love is the answer. That's, the, that's at the end of the day, love is the answer. And what is love? God is love. God is the answer. So when we're looking at this, the, the advice I give to people is right now, live in the love of God, and that way you're going to act in a way that you're not going to worry later about who passed away, who didn't pass away. We can pass away at any time. Absolutely. I always say that nobody gets out alive. We're That's all right. We're going to have to face <laughs> That's it. That's right. And you know, the saints, as you were bringing up the four last things, this is something sure. I would recommend. Just open up your catechism. I hope sure. everybody has one. There's a section there on the four last things. And I really see this, um, you know, I'm married for over 30 years, four kids, and I, you know, I'm in my 60s, and I say, you know, I'm, I'm turning, I'm rounding third base for home, <laughs> you know, because I don't live for, you know, maybe 20, 30 years, possibly yeah, more. Sure. But that's a short time. And so I try to look at my life, especially long term. Sure. That where am I going? And that I don't want anybody to take that piece away from me if I continue, even if they put me in prison or whatever they're going to do to me. They could do anything, but I'm going to try and focus on living in the presence of God and knowing that God is with me. I can overcome anything. And you know, doctor, I've seen the saints. I've seen people in concentration camps like St. Maximilian Colby, sure. keeping people in prayer, keeping people focused and not being, you know, uh, hateful. How do they do that? In other words, how do they, how do people handle such tragedies? Uh, and my, my, I'm asking the question, sure. but 
it seems to me that with a deep faith, you can handle anything. This is true, and this is, this is the bottom line. This is where, when we think about death, and you mentioned something very important, the four last things, right? So uh, when you look at that, if you haven't read it, read about the four last things because a lot of people say, no, that scares me or, or, or I'm, I'm too scared to read about that. One, it's a reality that's going to happen. But two, it's actually a healthy fear to have because when we ask ourselves, what's the fear of God? That's the fear of God. Initially, it might not be a perfect fear because we're more afraid of going to hell than of, love, of, of not offending God. But as we look at the four last things, we ask ourselves, what is it that we're doing uh, so that when I am, when it is my time to meet God, am I ready for that or not? Mm-hmm. This is what brings peace in those moments, in those moments of being in prisons or concentration camps. I've done what I could. Mm-hmm. I am doing what I can to be in the presence of God. And I have to recognize it. And we start to gain that peace because we realize this is where God needs me for whatever reason. And then we have ultimate faith. If I've prepared myself to meet God, and no matter what comes my way, I'm going to have ultimate faith that, gosh, if this is what's happening right now, this is what God wants for me. Awesome, awesome advice. Dr. Sandoval, how important is it that we uh, have a fixed time, in other words, a schedule in our life to keep focused in our life? In other words, uh, is it important to get up and go to bed the same time, get up in the morning the same time, to do uh, repetitious things? Is that also supporting good mental health. Absolutely. And that's one thing that I always recommend, especially if somebody has, say, something like bipolar disorder or something on those lines where the brain can go into manic episodes, depressive episodes. Well, right now we're kind of feeling a little bit about that because we can start to feel good and then we hear bad news and our our minds are going back and forth. Having a good schedule uh, of going to bed on time, waking up at the same time, having a routine. Mm -hmm. uh, And I'm not saying be boring. I'm saying you can change it up during the day, but, but a good eating schedule, a good sleeping schedule, a good exercise schedule will definitely bring peace and it'll bring up uh, evenness in our thought process. And the other thought I want to ask is about the sacraments of confession that mm-hmm. many people, because of COVID-19, they haven't been able to get to confession even in four or five months because churches are closed. It's really sure. difficult to get to confession. I might add here at our Sacred Heart Chapel in Covina, every Saturday from three to five, <coughs> confessions are being heard. Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. before the 9 a.m. Mass. But what advice would you give for our listeners to frequenting the sacraments? You know, that's one thing that uh, um, we were talking a little bit during the break. And frequenting the sacraments is the ultimate, utmost importance for us as Catholics. That's that's all we have. You know, what else is there? So if we're not getting to the sacraments, it's kind of like saying, are are we eating or not? We're not getting any food. What we're ultimately looking for is peace. Yeah. So we're looking for peace because that brings us closer to God and that lets us know that we're near God and, and that the Holy Spirit's working. I was reading a, a book uh, uh, I was mentioning to you about it and written by an Eastern monk. Yes. And he said that, you know, we can look, we can try to make laws here to create peace between countries and men, but they're never going to work because the only true peace comes from the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's God's laws that are going to make us perfected. We're human so, and, and we're not perfect. If we do not include God and Jesus in our laws, we're not going to get that peace. Get to the sacraments, find your peace in God, and there's nothing better. Great advice from that holy monk. Dr. Sandoval, thank you for allowing me. I'm going to shake your hand and say thank you for allowing <laughs> me to come in and join you. Oh, Terry, to thanks for being here. To talk about how to overcome this COVID-19 attack on, the, on our culture and how to overcome it with faith in Jesus Christ and love of God, we can overcome anything. So thank you for letting me come in. Hey, thank you, Terry. This is great. And don't forget, this is on a podcast. You can listen to it. Share it with your friends on YouTube, on Facebook. That's how this word gets out. May God richly bless you and your family. Full sheen ahead at Virgin Most Powerful Radio.
God bless. Amen. St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests O my Jesus, I beg thee on behalf of the whole Church, grant it love and the light of thy Spirit, and give power to the words of priests, so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to thee, O Lord. Lord, give us holy priests. Thou thyself maintain them in holiness. O divine and great High Priest, May the power of thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares, which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. For thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin most powerful, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful Radio, sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.